So is it Gihan or is it Jihan? Because I'm watching episode eight, and they clearly say Gihan, but I could have sworn, and again, I've been watching it. Well, this is, so Joanne says that the names, it's very hard. They pronounce them differently at different times. She was saying this, and it's, you know, there's one episode, there's one point where he says, when Sangu yells at him, Sangu yells at him. Uh, when they're having that fight, and he's like, he's like, because Gihan says, "Would you have pushed me?" He's like, "Damn it!" Come on, The words say Gihan. It sounds nothing like Gihan. What he says, he says, it's, "I'm like, maybe it's just they're saying it fast. There's an accent, whatever it is." But I mean, I think people know who I'm talking about if I say Gihan. So you don't know. You don't know. You don't know Squid Game. We are the three. Oh, brother. Wait, where is Brandon? Is he here? Oh, yeah, he's here. Yeah, he was saying that as, like, the three people left in the game. Right. Welcome, Squid Gang! This is Squid Game Podcast. We're going to be covering episode eight, Frontman, today. Uh, I'm Jackie Andy. I'm joined by my You Don't Know Jackie crew, Jackie Rachel, Corey, uh, we're gonna, yeah, we're gonna get into episode eight. I, I was thinking of some things, um, I th- a little bit. I, ha- I have like a lot of thoughts that sometimes I forget to get out on the podcast, but <clears throat> just to, I guess, to start off, because I know we had brought up when you, Corey, when you originally brought up the figures on the wall in the great room. Uh, at first, we thought you said there was shadows running across the wall. That's why we kind of all laughed at you because we're like, "What are you saying?" That—that's how I took it. Uh, yeah, I was. You know, uh, we've been seeing more and more of the symbols as the episodes come along because the room is getting emptier because we're losing people in the game. And I was noticing now. Yeah, if you look at, you know, you can clearly see. Okay tug of war like how are these people i mean they're stuck in that room are they not looking at it and saying i i did notice a couple episodes back i was like okay yeah tug of war they played that and i did see one what i couldn't connect it to a game but now after we saw the bridge game i'm like oh okay that's what the people are hopping on i was like i don't know what game that is it's just like people like this looks like poles and it looks like people hopping i couldn't connect that to a kid's game even though I did see the image and was kind of like, oh, I don't know, maybe these are all different things in here. Um, and even to the point we were saying, do they play different games? Do they change up the room then and put different games? But there's also what looks like to be maybe what you would consider squid game with the like almost like a house, right? Like the so it's like, are they looking at this, trying to guess next games, how they were trying to guess next games before? You know, I don't know if they're using their surroundings at all. And also, like, all I don't know how popular Squid Game is. And I don't, I still not like sure exactly who the narrator was saying in my town we had this game, Squid Game. Like, was it just like particular? Because even with all the signage that there is on their vest in the bridge game, they had the triangle, the circle, the square, like, does that even clue people in? Like you see it all the time. Like in this episode later, we'll see they get a box of clothes and it has that on it. The card itself had that on it. And I don't know if anybody, you know, it clues into anybody. I didn't think about that. I guess at the time of the, I think that all of these people are in such stress on, with everything's going on. I, I don't think they're most likely seeing the pictures in the wall and putting one in one and you know, one and one equaling two. I mean, Maybe player 218 is because he's so cerebral. But I mean, I think that there's so much fear on what could happen next that their surroundings most likely aren't what they're focusing on most. Brandon, Rachel, you agree with that? Or uh, do you think that they actually have noticed at this point the different games? Or No, I like I don't because it's really only clear. Well, I mean, to the viewer, at least when they move all the beds away. Well, no, I, we, I mean, Corey saw it. I think, what was that? Episode four? The flashes, but when they're like fighting for their lives, they're not looking at the wall to be like, oh, like, let me see what game is next. No, but I, I mean, they're sitting there. They're sitting in that room, like for the viewer. But uh, yeah, I'm saying, no, it was definitely then noticeable after that point. 
like it's still now, I guess, yes, even more so it's way open. But I did see a couple episodes back. I saw because I was looking that Corey brought up the tug of war and I saw giant looked like poles and people like, I guess, hopping to them. But I couldn't connect it to a game is what I'm saying. But I wasn't like I didn't go like think that hard on it. Then I just kind of thought, oh, maybe there's just figures on the wall. It just happened like tug of war was there. Um this episode, at first I thought, like, what is that, dodgeball? And then I realized it's red light, green light, because I was like, why does it look like they're pelting that person with something? Is this one person? And I'm like, oh, no, that's red light, green light. Okay. But if I'm, like, in the room and being able to look at this, you know, I don't know. Um, I just don't know if Squid Game, I mean, I guess we'll see Do if they play, if they, you know, if people know what it is, or, like, when you think, Maybe they could connect it with all the imagery that's around them. Yeah, maybe they can't. I mean, I could go bring a challenge reference in here, but I'll control myself. Uh, But just that sometimes people don't see the things that are right in front of them. All right, so let's start off the episode. We have our three remaining players left. They're heading down that staircase back from the game, out of the bridge game. So it's Sangwoo, Gihan, Saibiak. They seem hurt, especially uh, Gihan holding his arm and Saibiak also. Is seems to be holding her arm or something, right? Um, and we see blood on the floor, so it's like, oh, this uh, that's a little ominous. We go over to the detective, he's made it onto shore, pulls the phone out of a bag. See, that's why I knew he had to have some kind of thing. And I do realize on the island, he had no service. I that's you know, I don't know how it would work out. With any of these things, if they ever get sent, like even if that's why I was wondering if you left yourself a memo like in your email, right? Without any. Yeah, I don't know. Do you always need the Internet? I guess you'd probably just. Yeah, you'd need the Internet to get in there. That's the problem. We're so used to having the Internet always because I was like, I didn't know if you could like leave some kind of thing, a memo somewhere that then someone could uncover. But I don't know without service if you'd be able to. Well, I think like, it's if- Things where like if you're like on an airplane or, you know, you don't have service while you're up in the air. But the minute you come down, all you get like 40 or 50 different messages that you missed. So right. I think like Rachel's out in the mountains of West Virginia and then all of a sudden. Oh, man, with T-Mobile, forget about it. Forget about it. I would not have service <laughs> on that little island. Well, I think they purposely that's probably why no one even bothers that's why they they can't contact anyone that's why they seem like they're missing that's why the detective originally it's like oh you know how the brother is whatever because he can't call because there's no phone service i guess but you know of course if t-mobile or any other service wants to sponsor a future (laughs) episode of the podcast we will go and more than willingly you know promote t-mobile and their wonderful service wherever rachel goes so we see he's got 12% battery left. So he's looking for service. He takes off, try to go find somewhere, you know, a pie or whatever. Then we go back in uh, the big room. So it's really cleared out. I hadn't noticed before that point that much emptying of the beds, but they only leave three beds in there for them. Like when there was 16 people, it seemed like, oh, there might've been more beds than that or, you know, 17, whatever they're, you know, was in the room, but I guess we didn't get like the large scale view of it. Gihan is asking uh, Sangwoo, they have a whole kind of like interaction here, uh, you know, an argument maybe you'd want to say, like, why did he, why did he push the glass manufacturer that was in front of him? At this point, I mean, I know I made this ridiculous prediction, you know, basically six episodes ago that the front man was the detective's brother. But with all the symbolism that was going on with the infighting like of brothers with these two former now former friends, I felt it became more and more obvious as I was watching this episode that there was going to be all these connections to like a brotherhood. And then I as this fight was going along with these two sibling rivals going finally, you know, letting everything go. Why did you do that? What the hell did you expect, huh? Why go up and push that gun? You got lucky way in the back of the line. Must have forgotten how things are here. What if that guy ended up wasting our time on that one step like that criminal? Would you have done nothing? But he was on the last tile. He 
He would have moved to the next one soon. How can you know that, huh? That last guy could tell the tempered glass apart the whole time, but he watched as all those poor bastards up there died. The only reason you and I even made it is because he could tell the tiles apart. Come on. Just stop it with this bullshit. That guy is not the reason that I'm still here, okay? I'll tell you the reason. It's that I'm willing to do almost anything to win this. Stop with the excuses. I'm not buying it. You still killed someone. His blood's on your hands. Get it together, huh? That I, I more and more thought that my, my silly prediction at the beginning of this, of the front man being the detective's brother, was going to happen. Yeah, well, I thought that last episode, or even the one before. Like, when you first said it, I was like, oh, no, let's see how it pans out. Maybe it'll be someone lower. But, yeah, I just think once he wasn't connected to anyone, once the organ harvesting you know, once that crew got disbanded, then it had to be the front man to me. I don't know. Like, or the high probability. Right. <clears throat> My theory is that Corey really watched every episode. No, I do <laughs> already. <laughs> yeah. Or look stuff up. Jackie Joe said he looked up. He looked it up. I don't know. I Corey agree. does this. How rude. Corey does this. I feel with, Anything you well, want. Usually I'm the one to look stuff up, but like I have not looked up anything. I don't want to know any spoilers. Well, no, I don't. Yeah. Well, I don't mean he, hmm, he, he doesn't look it up in the way you do. You look it up. So you're not, um, hinder your anxiety, right? Like, because maybe if something was going to be yeah. scary or emotional, like that's not so- why he does. He does it. I don't know, like <laughs> in this investigative way, but no, I will say I have, I don't, I have watched things with him that I don't think there was any reason to look up anything. And he, sometimes he is on point and like picks up on things. So he'll see, he will see stuff in the beginning and be like, well, so obviously that's, what's going to happen. Right. And I'm like, oh, I'm just trying to enjoy the movie. I wasn't even trying to think about that, but now that you said it, I guess so. But and in that case, I, I don't think he looked it up, but I don't know. With this one, it's kind of hard. I, I I don't know what to say. <laughs> wow. So well, let's get into the their their disagreement here, Sangwoo and Gihan. Uh, I, I think I know Brandon was calling me Sangwoo. I there's a lot of games where I understand Sangwoo's perspective. I was against Sangwoo since episode two. Uh, yeah, I really hope you're not like you don't self-identify. No, I, I, my point was when we did this episode two, I was already like, this guy, are you kidding me? He like put his mother's house up, like business up and all this stuff. Like maybe he's not as good as he appears. I would have never not told the people I was with to not pick the triangle in the honeycomb game, but most everything after that. And when the things became apparent, like the things he did were out of necessity, like, had to do them like i don't know yeah, i mean that's, that's actually i was going to ask this specific confrontation between sang Wu and and gi han I, I was going to ask like what did you guys think of sang sang Wu in that moment did he have a point or is he well, just is he just cold-blooded well i was more so focused on the fact of gi han finally like confronting him like all, this whole time he's like, oh don't worry like how would you know you know you didn't mean to steer us in the wrong direction oh yeah. you know he should have brought that know? up he should have said he did know he should have said listen a-hole <laughs> i know you made me take that umbrella and you knew so like i finally like yeah like i don't like seeing you know them confrontational because i really like when people work together in the show um, but i know that that's not realistic uh, so I was yeah. happy that you confronted him, but I was like, I was afraid that it was going to turn like physical pretty much right away. I was afraid that Sangwoo was going to like try to choke him out or something. Yeah, as the audience, I feel there's some disadvantage in us knowing seemingly that when we see that book of past winners, there was only one winner for each year. So we're, you know, and just the way the numbers are dwindling and I don't know if they realize that, if Sangwoo realizes it. I think, like, that's the point. When you're at the honeycomb, you don't realize it's going to be one person. You don't I have to go and tell totally. these other three people you're friends with to pick something that's harder. I think Sangwoo, like, he totally knows at this point that he he's going to have to, if not kill Gihan, he's going to have to, you know, make sure he dies. 
I also think that um, Sang Wu is the only person really at this point who truly understands this game is winner take all. You know, everything he's doing mm-hmm. is ultimate. Or does he just point. want it to be winner take all? Does he not want to share it? That's a good point. I mean, I think also the, the idea is, and this is, might be too much hyperbole, but every villain is the hero of their own story. So, I mean, he, in his mind, he feels he's doing what is right for his own personal safety and his own personal, you know, screwing, fixing his life. So, I mean, his, and I think in his mind, everything he's doing is justified. As an audience member, we're, we're supposed to slowly, and I think at this point, have gone from the, the the person who, you know, seems like the guy who's got it all together and saying, well, in the beginning, guy who went to this prestigious, prestigious college and not be, and then, you know, this slowly becoming more of uh, Team 456, Gihan, who was the screw-up, and now in all his actions in these games, being a protector, is slowly turning around from being the less reliable source, you know? So, I mean, I think that's part of the idea, the journey of one, at first glance, Sang Wu is the person who is the more responsible, the more well put together. But at the end of the day, Gihan is the one who you actually are more trustworthy and more of a good person, which is hard for me to say, especially the fact how I compared it. To <laughs> that's what I said. In, that's what I said in episode two. Which one is more of not a good person in the, in that case? But I don't I I don't know, because I think he has a point. Um, they were running out of time if the you know, if the whatever glass manufacturer guy didn't move or move too late. They might all die or, you know, Gihan might've been the one he he was last to not make it across. So he's like, he's saying, was like, I did the dirty work for you. Like some, you know, where Gihan thinks that like it was the last tile and he would have moved. Like he's always, I mean, I, I don't know. To me, it's a hard choice to make, but it's like a decision that has to be made. It's interesting. I mean, I mean, at this point, can uh, player 218, Sang Wu, can he ever be uh, forgiven for all of his, for everything he's done? I mean, can there still be that one last? Turn yeah, I think him? it's, I don't know. Yeah, with the, well, yeah, we'll see what happens later. You really have pushed somebody, like, I, no matter what the circumstances were, I don't think I would have been able to go and push somebody off of the ledge like that. But you would have just died? Yeah, probably, unfortunately. <laughs> Well, For Jackie me. Rachel would not have even gotten to the bridge game. She was already dying in like red light. <laughs> oh, yeah, green yeah, yeah. Light. I was <laughs> dead in red light, green light. What am I talking about? <laughs> but also, um, another thing about saying Wu is that he, I don't think that he has like this kind side to him. Like that, like, I don't think he would like help out the families of uh, Gihan um or Saibiak. Mm-hmm. Well, well remember that money's not even enough to like cover his debt, I don't think. Oh right, he's in the billion. No, 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 that's billions. Yeah, I guess so. Well, how much is it? So, yeah. Yeah, okay. It, yeah. I just think uh yeah, if he gets all of it, sure. Yeah. Did help Ali. Yeah, well, actually what I was gonna say was Gihan asked Sangwoo if Sangwoo would have pushed him had Gihan been the person in front of him. And I'm thinking, like, he doesn't even, Gihan doesn't even realize what how he tricked Ali. You know, Gihan's so mad at him and he doesn't even realize, like, maybe he has a clue which he hasn't let on about knowing the honeycomb game. But he, you know, he doesn't say that he knows that. And he doesn't know that he tricked him in marbles. Like maybe he just thinks like, okay, you guys played marbles and unfortunately, you know, you won, whatever. Uh, I'm curious. So at this point in the show, who did you think was going to make it? Oh, I think last episode, Rachel had said that the, our three main players who did survive is who she thought. would, And I think we all kind of agreed that those would be the three. So, I mean. Yeah, definitely. I and was- I think I also knew that, moving forward uh like i knew at least one of them was injured from the glass mm-hmm. yeah I remember that. yeah we said two of them uh gion and players 67 were were both look like they were hurt coming out of that that last the last game so yeah 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 uh yeah so there's a little bit of uh saying saying like to gion that 
your life's so pathetic. You ask the dumbest questions in your pea brain. You're always like minding in other people's business when you don't know your ass from your elbow. Uh, and I, I'm wondering, like, they're having this whole interaction. It's like, what is Sibiak doing during this whole time? I think um, Gihan brings up the point that, listen, the both of them are in the same place. Like, yeah, okay, maybe I got my, it's my fault I'm here, Gihan says, right? Like, that's my fault. I'm incompetent and I made these dumb choices or whatever. But you're here too, just with me saying, woo, SNU business school. And why are you here? Is that my fault? So, you know, it just shows like as maybe dissimilar as they are, they are still similar, right? And I, I do think that, I mean, do you disagree with anything that Sangwoo said at that point? And I mean, I think that this is one of the steps of realization that uh, Gihan has gone through, like the, the steps of understanding what's actually going on, the actual realization and the acceptance of who he used to be before he got there. So, I mean, I don't think in that mm. conversation, either one is, is really wrong. I mean, Sangwoo no. is... Gihan's just naive, I think. Like the whole game, he's been very naive. I mean, I mean, he's basically I think that he chooses to not see the truth because he doesn't want to. He chooses to see the good. I don't think he's necessarily naive. I could feel Jackie Rachel's like being like, no, no, like taking it as their <laughs> own character. <laughs> Just trying to see the good. It's not naive. It's not well, because, naive. you know, like, he's kind of in at least before he got to the game he like his life is is pretty shitty i mean he he knows that like his time is um limited with these guys who are after him or who he are going to take his organs or whatever so i feel like you kind of have to i don't know compartmentalize so you don't hmm. you know yeah. like you're not living in in such I, fear. Well, I guess it's just hard um well, yeah, it just depends the type of person. If you have that, you know, how much you let your emotions versus, you know, it, it, it's hard. It's hard to take emotions out of a game like this. The magenta suits come in. They congratulate them. The early guys are the finalists. You're going to get a special gift, but first got to change your outfit. So then we see in the bathroom, Sabiak has a huge piece of glass in their abdomen. There's blood everywhere, like as she's trying to change. Um, into this, there's like a tux in the box. We go back to the uh, detective and he's still, he's running for service. The front man and the crew find the diving suit. The front man does say, bring him alive uh, as the crew goes out to look for him. The front man shoots the diving canister. And the detective does get a call through, I think to his chief, right? So he's like, trace the phone. I'm going to send help, send the Coast Guard, get the police here. I'm going to send you some files, pictures, whatever. It's me, Chief. Who the hell are you? Can you hear me all right, sir? I haven't seen or heard from you in days. Hold on, I'll explain it later. Who the hell do you think you are? Look, I'm somewhere southwest of the mainland. What? Can you try to locate my signal? Put a whole team together for this. What? A whole team? I need backup. You got to get a whole squad. The police, Coast Guard, everyone. Let me send over a couple things, okay? And take a look. I'll call you again soon. I mean, just like Gihan, I think it's most likely the same police officer who was talking to Gihan uh, in episode two. At least for me, it sounded similar. I could see it did sound similar, but I don't know. And then when I watched in English, maybe it said chief. Did he, did he say it was the chief? And I don't know if that was the chief or not. I don't know. Yes, he specifically said chief. But I, I do wonder, though, do you think that they actually believed be, believed him? I mean, I mean, you know, we talk about it in a second if that call actually, you know, if all the messages do go through or not. But I mean, do you think that the police chief actually believed him? Because the, the very beginning of the, the call, he's saying, you know, where have you been? You know, we haven't been able to reach you in a couple of days. It was almost like mm -hmm. at least the way I heard it, it sounded like the police chief was like, <clears throat> why have you, you know, basically you know, been fooling around and, you know, not, not at your job. It, you know, it's, it didn't seem like he yeah. actually, what he was saying. Yeah. Oh yeah. I do want to touch on that too. Um, later after we get to later parts of the episode, uh, we go back to the three finalists at this like lavish dinner. They say it's like a feast or whatever you're going to have. Um, they set it up in the big room with tuxedos. They, um, Sabiak, she 
just looks kind of ill. Does not look good. Um, she's probably losing blood. Sangwoo and Gihan, they're like, look like they're competing to eat the steak. Like, who's going to enjoy the steak and wine more or whatever? It's like, you're, you're getting a good drink of wine? Oh, me too. I like this wine. Yes. Um, uh, then we go back. Um, the detective, he's running and all of a sudden he reaches the edge of a cliff. I'm like, oh God, what's he going to do? He's going to jump? What's going to happen? Uh, magenta suits catch up to him. We got the guns pulled. He's like, the Coast Guard is going to be on their way. You know, you guys stop, whatever. The front man uh, questions basically the cell service and the police having any enthusiasm uh, to come and fo- like follow up with any kind of investigation, which I think like too was your point in episode two when he went to the police, Corey, right? right? Was that like, was it trying to show that they're not really like want to be care about what this guy's doing or whatever? It is interesting. The the just going back for a second to the, the dinner, the first part of this dinner scene is that I think it's just this total distrust that has happened between these two people, who like thought of each other as brothers, that they're just looking and not try, making sure neither one is going to do anything. So I don't think it's a competition mm-hmm. of who you know of who enjoys something more. I think it's just more of this ultimate distrust that's happened. And they're just looking at each other going. Oh, yeah. I, I was making light of it. I was just making a joke. <laughs> but Sorry. I don't think they were really competing, but that's what it looked like they were doing the way they're eyeing each other. And just, you know, it's interesting. This thing you bring up, like they have this brotherly relationship. I mean, maybe growing up they did. Right. And it's gone to pass because I think you even brought up. Is it like um, Gihan has these memories of him, but Sangwoo's like, no, we're not that close. Like, I think you had brought that up in a previous episode. So, I mean, it could just be like, right, they've grown apart. The, uh, you know, so the front man tells the detective to drop the gun and hand over the phone and you might live. So I'm wondering, is the detective going to shoot the front man? Like, what? Um, then there's this other, the front man basically goes on this whole thing about, well, the, that's uh you know police issued gun and holds five rounds it's like they have to you according to korean police regulation you have to have one chamber empty one filled with a blank and then there's three live rounds you use one to kill like the magenta number 28 and use one to break the locks you have one bullet left and deck detective basically says well that's enough to kill you so this, um, I don't know it, uh, it, um, I was okay. Well, a couple things. I mean, I was trying to look up a little bit if this was true, I think maybe I didn't get to like, look too far into it, but, uh, it seems like it, it, it seems like, uh, there's not a lot of guns maybe in Korea. So there is like the police are supposed to very sparingly use it. And I don't know if it's supposed to be that the first, uh, chamber is empty that way. I guess they don't like for accidental, right? Because then if you if you do, it's like making sure you actually want to pull the trigger because you'll have to pull it twice to actually get it right. Um, well, I, I'm not sure. I mean, I have to do more research on it, but it seems like I guess something that if you look up uh, there, there are a lot of things written about Korea and gun control and things like this. Um, but also going back even to the last episode and this episode, the front man seems to know a lot about police like he knew that was the gun that was registered to them now he knows what they have to do i don't know if this is just that because he's in this criminal industry that you want to know what the you know know your enemy type of thing or could he have been like a former police officer got into trouble got kicked off the force i don't know just like maybe it was like the family business to go into the police and then you know I mean, I think it's just I think all these things were just more foreshadowing of letting you know that the front man was his brother on the fact that mostly they they spoke about, you know, each other's jobs and, you know, knowing about procedures and stuff like that. So, I mean, yeah, I wonder. I mean, I get it. He could definitely have known like what the gun was. Right. Because his brother had the gun. Right. So you'd say, oh, that's Korean police issue. Right. Is that only the reason why he knows? Is it just because? his brother's in the police and he said, Oh, this is what happens. This is what happened. Yeah. Could be, but he does know a lot about police policy. All right. So, uh, back to the dinner, 
they they clear the, the plates away. Gihan and Sangwu ate everything. Saibiak, it looks like she ate almost nothing. Uh, each person now just has a knife in front of them. <laughs> like they kind of just like, let's clear this, but leave one knife right in front of you. So they all, you know, take take it, pick it, pick it up and kind of like put it, uh, you know, a little bit hidden to keep with them. Well, maybe she's a reformed vegetarian. I mean, I've, I've met a couple here and there. Well, there was, she still had asparagus on her plate as well. There you go. I missed that. And the tomato, I think, or whatever was on there. She still did have that left. I do wonder what happened. What do you if... mean reformed vegetarian? I don't know. I think I might work with one. Um, who was a vegetarian? Then she would have eaten the steak if she was a reformed vegetarian. Maybe recent. Who knows? But, I mean, I do wonder, though, what happens if you had one of the players who becomes one of the finalists and they don't they don't eat meat? Or do you think they had a, another option? I mean, was... Could they have chosen a couple of different? I don't know. You know, I mean, this brings me back to the challenge. They do some like eating competitions and you do wonder um, with that, that, you know, um, do they have any specifications? They might have people for like different religious reasons. Like this season, they had someone that it was during Ramadan. So, you know, you wonder like, oh, what would have happened if they had something to do with eating? You know, and depending how important it was to the game, maybe you would abstain or whatever. Um, I do think there's people that like one, some people like pretty much did eat vegetarian until a certain time. And then they get to the final of the challenge and there's a thing like drink this, you know, cow's blood and this thing and they do it. I, I think you do hear a lot of people. I mean, it, you get sick if you, um, you know, after the fact, I think, cause you haven't had meat in so long, but, um, that it's, it's always interesting. I think they're probably so hungry though, too. You would assume they'd, um, Want to eat, but there was vegetables as well. Did they did they have a gluten uh, free option, or was it just meat and potatoes? That that, that food was gluten free. Um, I saw a bun; it wasn't gluten free. I bet. I think um, a lot of no, but there's gluten free things to eat on that plate. You could have eaten. I think too. Um, a lot of people with gluten or celiac. You know, if you had, if you were in a situation where you had to eat, you would. Then some people do have like very yeah. severe, and that happened on the All Star season of the challenge number one. Thank you for bringing up all these challenge things. We had the one of the best, like, peace out. I'm out of here. Um, did anybody, or did you bring it up? No, you're just you're bringing up things that connect to it. Oh. But uh, yeah, someone had to leave because it was just there was so much contamination with the food and the gluten. There was just such a you know, se- severe uh, allergy. Wait, so, are, you watching, are you watching the challenge or are you just watching old episodes of Fear Factor? What, what, are, you, what are you watching here? Jesus. <laughs> Cows <laughs> stuff? My God, that's some sick shit. Sorry. So anyway, um, oh yeah, it's great. I forget what it was, goats, but I don't know. This is the classic, the, the horn and the blood dripping. <laughs> so uh, let's see. We're on the we're on the cliff with the detective. He shoots the front man, but see, he wimps out a little because he does it in the shoulder. But he only has one bullet. We know this. So like now, what are you going to do? So you think he wimped out by not going for the heart? Well, no, no. I think he strategically shot him in the shoulder rather than like a headshot or something. Yeah. Right. Like he made a choice to say, okay, I'm going to. The problem is there's all these like magenta suits behind him because I think, okay, that people do that. They're like, oh, let's do a bullet in the leg, slow the person down. Right. So we can catch them. I mean, I don't know. Maybe, no, maybe he just shot him and it wasn't, you know, I, you know, I just think, okay, I don't know that he was shooting to kill is what I'm saying. Yeah. I mean, I I don't remember exactly what the front man says to uh, the detective right before he shoots him, but I think there was mostly something that he, in his phrase, whatever he said, that made maybe second guess of, you know, maybe who the front man might have been. And maybe that's why he shot him, you know, didn't go for a kill shot. Oh, yeah. Do you think well, he suspected, do you think he suspected that the front man was I, his brother well, before he actually revealed? I don't know, because he, it's, it is interesting because he, there was nothing like we saw that he said. And like I'm saying, I don't know if there's sort of like a voice changer when you have this thing going on, but. He does, like, if you go through what happens um, after he shoots him, the front man kind of says, like, puts his arm up to the magenta suits, like, it's okay, stay back. Then 
Also, the way I remember it is when the front man took his mask off, I remember Jun Ho looking very surprised. Well, yeah, but also like why it's just so he, you know, the front man, I guess he's trying to get the detective to, to say like, listen, just come on, come, you know, come with me so you can live. And then the detective at that point, I think, asks like, who are you? And it, I mean, maybe he wants to, obviously you're interested in who all these people are. Right. Uh, but I was like, oh, I kept going back. Cause I was like, what prompted him to ask that? Like he knew, like, I would know who it is. Do you know what I mean? I don't know if it was something in the tone, something, but yeah, he takes his mask off and there it is. It's in hell. It's his brother. But yeah, I mean, I think like as much as maybe you might have an inkling, you're not going to be 100% certain. Like, let's say you're like 1% chance. Is this my brother or is this someone I know somehow? And then when it is him, I think you'd still have, um, you know, a look of shock, right? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. When I'm just like doing pulling a, a, a Jackie Joe right now, but I'm looking at the, the actual video. And all of a sudden the front man says, do what I say. And then he and then he drops, you know, his gun down slightly. So, I mean, I don't know if maybe that phrase or something is something that made him go, wait, the only person who may have said that to me in the past, you know, maybe might be that. So I don't know. Not um, I, yeah, I don't know. It wasn't anything like a big clue to me of why he started asking, wait, who are you all of a sudden? You know, Inho, the front man, he still he wants Junho, the detective to come with him and you know, I guess still thinking like we can make this work or whatever. But when the detective refuses, front man shoots him in the shoulder and he does. He falls off the cliff. He does look sad. The front man when he shoots him. Right. Yeah. I mean, I I guess the last thing I would say on, on this part would be, did you did you want this whole entire situation to be a little bit longer of a, of a scene, you know, more of like a dialogue between the two, because we've had this whole thing with finding the brother with the reveal. Yeah. And all of a sudden, like 30 seconds later, he's, you know, he shoots him and he falls off the cliff. I mean, I feel yeah. like well, something more and maybe we get yeah. more in the last episode, but I mean, I know I thought when they were going to meet each other, maybe there wasn't going to be other people around because you have all these magenta suits around and I don't even know how close like, yeah, I don't know if the front man's aware of who the people are, how, who the people he chose to come with him, how much he trusts them. I don't know. How could he have even taken the detective back with him? And he told these other magenta suits like, yeah, this is like I make the rules for whatever. I don't know. I, I don't know. Yeah, it's like weird. Like, do, the, do they even hear what just happened? Did the magenta suits realize what just happened? That that's was his brother. That, I mean, they saw he took off his mask, but I mean, I mean my impression was that they taking... were far enough back that 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 they couldn't hear. And when he did take off his mask, he never never turned around so that the magenta men could actually see his face. And also the same. Oh point. no, I know, but right, but then I, I guess fine. He killed. You know, then he said, okay, once he took off his mask, he would have to have shot the detective. Right. Once once you know my once once they know your identity you know, you're basically no, no longer protected. I mean, we also don't see if all of these um, magentas are going to come back with him. We, we don't see, you know, we, who knows if uh, the front man just killed all, all of them, you know, mm. right afterwards to protect mm. his secret. I, I guess possible. Yeah. I think, I mean, what I'm saying, he has a book of like, he has all those records in that office. So he should know who, who the people are more so. Right. I don't know if they had the, what old books were in there if it was just contestant like players or if they had like guard information you but you would think you know yeah. uh so do we think any of any of his messages went through that he tried to send i mean he did get the call through so i don't know what's going to happen there like now that do we think he even like is yeah i was gonna ask do you guys think dead? he's still alive i i don't know not sure he, I think he could have jumped off the cliff and been alive, right? And then where it looks like when he shot him, where he fell, looks like he fell nice in the, you know, not like by a cliff, didn't hit the cliff. So he's in the water. So he can obviously survive that. Now, as far as I think the front man was kind of looking to see if his head was bobbing up, right? Which anyone should know, right? If you get pushed into the water, this or that, you want to try to stay down as long as you can and like swim over 
from where the spot you fell in was before you put your head up, right? So that they think you haven't come up. But now, so with an injured shoulder, yeah, so with an injured shoulder, I don't, maybe hard, like, swimming. Could he get to the side? Do, you know. I think he's going to. You think he's going to what? Pop back up. I mean, it'd be interesting storytelling that if, uh, in the long run, the detective still figures out a way to get his man, you know, I mean, I guess that's, we could go <laughs> that way. I mean. I don't know. Okay. He could pop back up. I think, like, because I'm not convinced, right? Like, I think, like, okay, you survived the fault. But he's sort of going to be stuck on that island. He's got to wait for the Coast Guard to show up there, maybe. Like, uh, Il- Ilhan, is that his name? Uh, who? who Inho? The front man? In- or? In- yeah, the front man. He, he's, like, you can tell he's tortured about it. So maybe if he were to reappear, he wouldn't try to kill him. I mean, I don't think that, I mean, I think the detective could be dead, but I do think seeing from that, just going to the very last image of the episode for one second, the, I think we could see, you know, him as a character that the front man is like dealing with within his own mind. And we still see him, you know, like flashback, oh. different things. Yeah. So. so the actor still has a role is what you're saying. Maybe. I don't, I, yeah, 50, 50. I, yeah, I'm not sure. Definitely not sure. Yeah, there's he also part of me could... that feels like, he, well, he probably didn't jump because it was such a high jump, right? Which would mean that he probably died. No, you can make that jump, sure. I mean, she's she seen why it. didn't it? I'm sure you've seen someone make that type of jump on the challenge. So, I mean, I'm, I'm they sure. did. They did this this season. One of the first challenges, they did jump off a cliff. But no, um, I think I I was thinking he would jump. Uh, I don't know. Maybe he just thought he, there's a risk if you jump, right? Maybe he wasn't sure. If you haven't taken that jump before, you wouldn't know. And, and maybe he wanted the, you know, figure confront, like, see if I can tell these people the police are coming and they'll freeze and just listen to me, right? Like, maybe he's just trying to yeah, play out his options. Maybe. But yeah, it's only, a, I mean, the fact, you know, he only got shot in the shoulder. I think he, there's a good chance he's alive. So uh, back to the big room here, we have uh, Gihan approaches Saibiak and she kind of gets like nervous for a second. And he's like, oh, no, I only took the knife to, from protection uh, for, from Sangwoo. He, he, so he starts asking about how Saibiak is because she seems like she didn't eat anything, you know, doesn't seem well. She's like, worry about yourself. She still kind of, you know, has that same attitude she has, but. Gihan wants us, we should stick together and work as a team. Because again, it's like, you don't know what's going to be the game. You don't know if you can even work as a team, Gihan. <laughs> but, uh, you know, they, they, you know, so it's that way you can, they can go against Sangwoo and each take half of the money. She asks him, what's he going to do with the money? So Gihan says, uh, first of all, he'll pay off his debt. And then he's going to open like a proper shop for his mom. So I'm like, oh, great. This his mom can still work, you know, he wins all this money. Oh, don't worry. She's still working. My mom. No, no, no. She'll get those feet worked out. It's fine. She doesn't need to be off her feet relaxing. No, she can. She always wanted a shop. She wants to work. That's. And then also he'd be a proper dad to his daughter. Uh, Sabiak then tells him about how she, she wants to go to her brother and, you know, group home thing. And, then get her mom back and get a house. And she asks him for one promise or in the English version, a deal and says, if either one of us make it out of here alive, we have to take care of each other's families. Well, I think that, I mean, that, that makes sense of a thing for people to do. Right. Especially if you're not doing it for yourself. Like, I, you know, I'm surprised people sure. didn't. Hey, Gian. I think you and I should make a deal. What kind of deal? Just in case either of us can actually make it out of this hellhole somehow. We'll look after each other's loved ones, okay? Don't say that, come on. We'll beat Sangwoo and then we'll get out here together. I still want you to swear, though. I need you to swear that you'll look after him. Come up with that before, but now, uh... They look and it seems like Sangwoo seems to be like falling asleep and the knife drops out of his hand. I was already like, don't, don't even fall for it. Don't even fall for it. 
he might be doing this whole thing. Uh, but oh, you see, know. so I'm. <laughs> it's funny you said that because I I absolutely fell for it. <laughs> well, I don't know if he maybe he did fall asleep. He could have, and then been woken up because um, uh, Gihan starts to approach him with the knife, and Cybiak says, "Don't do it. You're not that kind of person." Then Cybiak falls over. Gihan sees the big the wound, um, and it, like again, this is like the same thing that he was doing when uh, Daksu beat up the other guy, the first like person that he beat to death. He's like running for help, help, uh, someone's dying. Like these people don't care. These people don't care that people are going <laughs> to die. Like, Gian, get it through your head. He's sure, wait, at least he was trying to say, listen, don't you want her in the last round? You got to help her so she's she can compete and get killed in the last right. round, you know, whatever. Um, so right. at and this the point, yeah. I brought up that moment with the reason I brought up that moment with saying, woo, is what happened next. I, I found really shocking. I yes. was just wondering if you all felt the same way. No, shocking. Yeah. I, w- I wasn't I wasn't shocked on that because it just felt like the minute he turned his Come back, on. it happened. But but apparently I, I watch ahead. So I mean, you know, that's- Do you guys think it's fair <laughs> that they made the explosion of the glass bridge so violent that it ejected glass that hard to injure somebody like that? Like, do you think that's really fair? She wasn't ah. even the last one across. I know. I know it's so just I, I but you like- want to say like oh I wish they would have like told them like move you're off move quicker to like away get away. Yeah. I, mean, I don't even think the magenta suits were probably pretty close at that point too. Yeah. They were. There was one sitting right there. Yeah, just unlucky. I don't I, I don't know. One thing that's I was going to save this to the end but I guess I'll ask now before I forget is are you surprised there was never a moment of actual like a forgive a forgiveness or something just verbally being said in regards to uh 67 you know in the very beginning stealing pocketing him no okay no don't i listen that she's i don't even think she feels bad for that i mean maybe once you get to know yeah listen she's trying to get this money to help her get her brother get her mother across whatever it's not her problem. Gihan's a gambler and lost all his money. Like, I, I mean, I think like that's where we think of these things of like who we say we can take money from or not, like a Robin Hood, rob from the rich and give to the poor type of thing. Right. But then maybe once you get to know somebody and it's more layered and maybe, OK, there's he got laid off from the factory and that set him back. And, you know, there's like other reasons. I don't know that she knows his full story, but I mean, I don't know. He took the money he stole from his mother to go gamble at the track. So it's just all a cause and effect thing. Okay, I could, I could respect that. I mean, I just thought that there might have been some, maybe you'd have had some sort of scene or a moment where he, he, not even yeah, that at this point, out. if at that right at this point, if, at this point, if she was like, oh, and I'm so sorry, I like took that money from you, whatever, he would have been like, don't worry about it. Are you kidding I'm me? I'm saying the fact that she forgave her. The idea of you know the fact that they. They made this deal and everything. I thought there would have been like maybe a moment of uh, him saying, you know, the past is the past. And I forgive, you know, I forgive you for, you know, because you had to do what you had to do for your family. I don't even. Yeah, I think at this point what they've been through, like they're not even thinking. I think it's unspoken. Corey, I'm surprised you even thought there would be a conversation like that. (laughs) I I like backstory. What can I say? Uh, in resolution to the backstory. But that's that's already, that's like unspoken. The fact that he offers her to come with their team, he's already forgiven her. That's true. I guess I can see that, yeah. This is off track, but still wondering about the people that decided to di- that didn't come back and play after the vote. You know, anything going on with them at all? I don't know, but... Another unanswered question that hopefully we find out in uh, episode nine. Hmm. They have uh, the lights go on and and then more thinking about, you know, I know I've said I would vote to stay in the game and this and that. But if we all left and then I had voted to leave, it almost seems crazy. I get it. After Red Light, Green Light, they don't know. But a lot of people died. A lot of people died. You have to think like, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, your life really has to be that bad to go back to it. But, oh, I, I, you know, I wonder what those people are thinking. Are they happy they didn't return or what? They don't know. They don't know 
Which, yeah, they, you know, they don't know. They're probably like, oh, that was crazy. Yeah, but are they thinking on it like, no, I think I still made the right choice just based on red light, green light, you know? Maybe they turn their whole life around. Who knows? Uh, so the, the lights go on and the magenta suits come in with the coffin. It's like, oh, no. Sang- uh, you know, like, Gihan's like, no, you're supposed to help her. Now you have the coffin for her. Then we see, shockingly, I don't care what Corey says, shockingly, Sangwoo is standing next to her, kind of knife in hand, blood on hand. Gihan runs over, doesn't even realize at first, like he's holding her and holding her. There's a puncture boom in her neck. He's like, he doesn't even see it for like a good 30 seconds. I don't even know how long. I mean, you could say it was a mercy killer. Okay, yes. I, but but why, I thought why he was going to say that. Sang I did Wu think- allowed to do that. And then Gihan's not allowed to then go after Sang Wu. Why not? Well, 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 well because they they do need at least probably two people to get into this game or something. They definitely probably, because they do. So Gihan lunges towards Sang Wu and the magenta guard stops him and they hold them down. Because it's just like when, you know, the host or player one or whoever he is, says hey stop this violence gets on there and says stop 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 it's like at some point you know okay we've lost a good amount of people and that's it she was dying i mean she was i did think saying we was gonna say that almost like oh well she wasn't gonna make it i but i didn't think she didn't seem in she well she, i mean i'm sure she was in pain but i think it's still shocking i and it's just I, I don't think he I don't think his reasoning for doing it was a mercy kill. I just think it was like another person out of the way. I mean, I do think, though, that the second that the magentas went and put did not take the knife away from each of the three remaining contestants. You knew that once again, just like with lights out where the, the idea was to thin out the herd, they wanted two people to be the uh, in this final game. And I think. That, you know, like everything else, they're inching and yes, everything's supposed to be a d- democratic system. And but it's still they want to have, you know, lean towards. All right. We know you guys want this money. So whoever really wants it more, you're going to kill that one of these people. So, I mean, I, I think that the if they. So you think like I, if she wasn't injured, they gave them all the knife to see if it would be like someone would die. And as soon as someone would die, they'd leave it and be like, okay, good. Two players left. Exactly. Yeah. Hmm. It's just so hard to control numbers like this, even though I know we've said, you know, are they, are they deciding this? I just, yeah, I'm not sure. I guess we'll see how they're going to, well, you know, how they're going to play. I will say like, uh, I mean, obviously like Gihan's our main character, but it's like, if you look at this game, like even if we're going about like who the, ho- what's, what does even a host mean to the game? You know what I mean? A lot of the things couldn't be connected to Gihan. Like, you know, how many people knew people in there? Like he had been pickpocketed by a person. He had Sang Woo in there, like such a close friend. I mean, you could say, you know, uh, that Saibi Ak had the, criminal and Daksu and stuff like that but I don't know just because I'm interested to see what what happens and I do think that like I think uh, Brandon may have asked you know kind of what do we see going forward because I just don't know how how would Gihan not win as our main character I I don't I don't know now, because we're setting up Sangwoo with all these, you know, it's almost like you need to see that, like the same way with Daksu, we needed to see him come to his end because of everything he's done, right? Yeah. And now for Sangwoo, I mean, I know she was dying anyway, but to kill Saibiak, who's like fan favorite, kind of like good, you know, in terms of her reasoning for being there and everything, you know what I mean? Like if you, well, if you want to label people, this innocent, good person that really like turns, I think. I, I do think though, because like you said, Brandon brought up, you know, who might, who we thought should uh, be the remaining, but if you only had two people left, would have you rather had 218 and 67 or 218 and 456? I mean, I know I'm not saying the, the third one, but I don't think that you have. Wait, so you're going to get rid of Skihan? Well, I'm saying is I don't think. Well, I said 218 or 456 or 218 and 67. I don't think you could have. Quote, 218 two... is Sang Woo. Right. 
So what I'm saying is I don't think you could have a situation when you're writing this show having, quote unquote, like in wrestling terms, two baby faces facing off at the end. You have to. Have yeah, that- I know. I thought but you yeah. the way you were making it seem was you were saying the people left would have been Sangwoo and Saibiak or Saibiak and Gihan. No, I'm saying that you need it to be you need to be Sangwoo and Gihan at the end. I understand what you're saying. I mean, I but like, you know, and at this point, if at this point, if Gihan doesn't win, I don't know. If he doesn't win, I don't know that there's ever that I've ever seen anything that would be more shocking on TV. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is Netflix. So uh, we do have the end of the episode was uh, the front man in Ho. Now we know who he is. Uh, removing the bullet, and he's you know envisioning his brother, kind of uh, hallucinating or whatever you want to say. And I mean. What is worth doing this and going through all of this? And I mean, to bring to a question of at, at the end that I have is that we always had was if he had won in 2015 and won whatever the pot was then, how much money does he need? Is there some other reason that he's there? It's a good question. I don't know. I mean, I, I'd love to, if there is a season two, I think I said this earlier. I'd love to see a backstory, a true backstory on the front man and what the front man did in his cut when he was a contestant and, you know, how the VIPs or the host or whoever else this is behind all this recruited him to go and become a next level person in the game. I think that could be fascinating character study on a guy. Yeah, who- but I'm saying, is there anything worth it that you would kill your a family member or a friend? I mean, is it just that, like, they'll kill him? So it's like, it's your life or their life? And even then, I feel like some people would make the decision that, fine, I don't want that choice, then it's my life, you know? Yeah, I would I would just rather die than kill a family member, honestly. <clears throat> I don't know. There's a couple of family members who are pretty, who've been jerks. No, no I'm kidding. Um, I, I think it's a great point that you bring up, but I do think that's the, the whole idea of, survival of the fittest and, you know, eat or be eaten. And I think the front man has, has chosen, he feels he has a better life now. I know, but what, yeah, I know what life, what's the point? I don't know. Well, hopefully, hopefully it's one of the things that'll be answered in the episode nine. That's my excuse for everything, which apparently I've already. Power, powers of a power. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, though, we're coming up, we're going to hopefully see the last game. So two players left for the last game. Uh, I'm wondering, like, because I know, I mean, we don't know how to play Squid Game. If it if it is Squid Game, like Corey said, it, you know, how many people were they? Like, will they add people to play in in there, but not be like the actual competition? Or is it going to be? I don't know. Can the can the VIPs play or like be more hands on with the game at all? Or they're just going to watch? Probably think. Well, how do you think the if you were one of the VIPs it's watching all these events, who do you I mean, of course, as an audience member, we expect Gihan to win the whole type thing. Well, they, they bet the stupidest things anyway. Well, uh, well, you're not. Well, you're a, an aficionado on the challenge and all, all these things. If you were one of the VIPs seeing everything that's happened, in all these other games, do you vote for would you bet on? Gihan or you bet on saying well okay but as an audience member you have to bet on Gihan if you're just looking strategically I don't know they both have some good things about them uh Sangwoo seems to be the obvious choice but Gihan has that thing that you can't explain like they're just inexplicably you're good at certain things and get through um I mean he's always just last second it just seems I know that you would never be in the situation. If, you- yeah, if you're a <laughs> VIP, who do you vote for? I who would, do you put bet, bet your money on? Woo, but like I think Gihan is going to win. So Brandon, if you were one of the VIPs, would you go and bet not as a viewer, but as one of the VIPs? Would you bet on Sangwoo or Jihan for this final game? Sangwoo. You get more money if you take the underdog. You don't think? Uh, I also wonder oh, how close. So- what, These VIPs their, are like their, watching uh, it. What would their betting odds be? I I think that Sangwoo is the is the favorite. By I think I would think Sangwoo is the favorite. He's, he's shown the yeah. Because then Andy has then Andy has a good point. 
if you're getting really long odds with Gihan. Yeah. I don't know. And he's always made it, too. Who knows if the last game, what it is, if they know how it's played, maybe they would also then have a better chance at knowing who would do well at it. But also, I just don't think they bet that way. Like, he was betting 69 just because of the number, but, like, that was, like, an older man who was tied to a wife. Uh, I don't know. It's just, <laughs> like, I feel like in the whole grand scheme of the game, you don't bet someone that is connected to people, like someone with feelings and emotion. You don't, you know what I mean? I just think they're, I don't know that they're looking at this, like, oh, let me look so closely and analyze the stats and this and that. I just think it's just for fun. Who cares? Yeah. I mean, it's fascinating on uh, how this all might uh, wrap up. I'm, I'm, I'm really interested. I mean, we all, I mean, if, like you said before, Brandon, if Gahan or Gihan does not win, <laughs> I think the, I think the average viewer would be very upset, but right. I mean, I think it would be interesting. No, story. For, well, upset is one thing. It would be if it would be amazing. But I, I do think it's fa- uh, fascinating. Something that we didn't speak about the first time that we saw. I guess it was in episode one uh, with the front man, but we see it again at the end. What do you think? Is there any significance or anything in regards to the the animatronics that we're seeing of that music playing? And you know, yeah. I didn't know if I brought it up in the the earlier episode. I know I had written a note about it. Um, yeah, I don't know. You think that could be maybe some sort of? I mean, this is totally out there. I mean, it's not you know future versus it's totally. It's totally out there. I only like looked online and found out about. It. Go ahead. Yeah, <laughs> oh, so let's nine, hear your theory. Let's hear it. Episode nine of the third minute of the show, we find out that it's a brainwashing device and uh, it's a way of keeping uh, the magenta. Oh, that's how. That's why he's mm, interesting. No, oh, I think uh, that the front man just likes jazz or whatever. Simplest answer is always the, is always the correct one, apparently. So. Yeah, or is it is that whole room for the front man, or is it like also for the host? Right, I don't know. Yeah, it's just like it's very. It's, I will I will say it is very creepy with those little small dolls and everything. Oh, do you yeah. think? Do you think that the front man basically now be because of what happened and shooting his brother into the off the cliff? Do you think he'll maybe be on the other side? Like, maybe he's going to say, screw this? I don't think after he shoots his brother, he's going to change his mind. Well, That's like that the guy whose uh, white guy is being like, Exactly like that, but he decided to still, yeah, well, I don't know. <laughs> I'm just saying, uh, after the fact, so. you could say, I can't done, believe this happened, yeah. all this bad that has happened. This is, I can realize now this isn't right. Look what I've become. Look Look what this is made I me do. I think he believes the game. I, he was so upset. Like, he seemed personally upset by um, the magenta suit, you know, making it, un- like, not equal for the players. He, he's like, oh, my God, you're ruining the game. That's how I interpreted it. Well, I think because the host and the VIPs and stuff like that, it would spoil the game for them. That's two good points on both sides. I, mean, I, I think, think they really believe it's democracy. For the I'm most just saying, part. you could uh, picture the conflict of that, though. Picture oh, yeah. the conflict of that. Your inside man, your front man, that the whole time is the person we've been watching that has been basically the you know end all be all. Even though we know there's people above him, but from our perspective, him turning and going the opposite direction, that could be interesting, right? Yeah. I don't know if he will, no, though. I, but... I don't think it would be interesting. No? <laughs> no, I don't. I, I think don't... it would be silly. <laughs> well, how, how, can, how can someone make it, like, if he won, I mean, he did. In 2015, he won. And he knows now, how whatever years, you know, however many years later, this is where he's at. Can he change what happens for the winner now? Can he say like, oh, this is just what keeps happening? Is he the only person? No, that's, the that point of, after- that's the point of the game. But I mean, I, I, think, I, I think he's only bothered about the fact that he had to shoot his brother. I don't think he's bothered about the fact that this game is like diabolical. Well, it's because of that that he had to shoot his brother, though. I, yeah, I but his so, brother like knows in. That's true. I mean, but I, I do think with any any show that you always try to, unless he's the true. Uh, the true vision of evil, I think 
you always try to do something to re, um, to give a second chance or redeem a character. And I mean, I don't know if it will be this season or maybe in a future season, if there is one, I think you do try to redeem the front man and maybe the death of his brother at some point does make him maybe turn on this organization. But I mean, I don't know. I have a hard time believing that the front man doesn't get an arc where he's redeemed, but Rachel might be very right on this. Any other, uh, anybody have anything else to say? I know after we stop recording, I always sometimes like think of different things. I think I spoke on them. Uh, Everything I was going to say. You guys ever see that movie Hostel? No. Uh, No, I, I, no. I didn't see it. Hostel. (laughs) Absolutely not. Would never put myself through that. (laughs) (laughs) When we were talking about real world comparisons before and then uh, a little while ago you mentioned um, uh, well so it, what it reminded what, the me challenge? of <laughs> I think the way uh, so Eli Roth came up with the idea for Hostel when he was having a conversation with, with uh, Harry Knowles from Ain't It Cool News and they were asking each other about the sickest things uh, they'd ever seen or the sickest things they'd ever seen online and one of them mentioned a site that you could go to somewhere on the dark web and it's, uh, it's this video feed of this room. There's a person tied up in a chair. I think there's a bag on their head. And someone walks into the room and shoots them in the head. And I think the person in the chair volunteered for this gig, got a certain amount of money, and that money went to that person's family. And... Yeah, from that, Eli Roth wow. got the idea, I think, for Hostel, which is one of the films and shows Squid Game reminded me of. And I just started looking at different things in the world that were disturbing me, and I'd seen this website where you could go to Thailand and pay $10,000 to walk into a room and shoot somebody in the head. And that idea disturbed me so much, I said, screw this, I'm just going to write, direct, produce, do my own movie. That, yeah, that's intense. Uh, so you, you, they knowingly signed up to be executed just so their family could have money. Hmm. I'm not sleeping tonight. That's thank you. <laughs> yeah. I, and yeah. Uh, again, apparently, apparently real. So obviously not on the level of quick game, but like we were talking about before, uh, is there similar stuff out there? Sure. Maybe not, obviously not on this scale or, or we don't think, but yeah. Definitely uh, the dark web. I guess if any uh, of the Squid Gang want to tell us about any crazy real life things, maybe you've heard about on the dark web, do um, write us an email. You don't know, Jackie Podcast at gmail.com. Attention, Corey, for that because he definitely wants to hear about that. Um, <laughs> you can find us on social media. You don't know, Jackie. Uh, Jackie Podcast on Twitter. Yeah, I'm excited. We're almost through these episodes. We got episode eight. We have one episode left for this. And then we got to look into these all, all these things that we've missed or not missed or see if what predictions are right or not. But uh, thanks for listening. And thanks to Corey, Jackie, Rachel, Brandon for joining me. I also want to point out Corey's uh, wrestling podcast. That's Let's Talk AEW, Instagram and Twitter. Let's Talk About Elite Wrestling. We hope you enjoyed the appy. Bye. Bye. Don't you forget to tip your chauffeur. <laughs>